have you here. Ladies and gents, Scumbag Blues, welcome to the show. It is 6.55 p.m. on the East Coast in New York. Who knows where it's going to be called soon? I don't know. It's New York right now, but uh, who knows what it'll be called soon? I have some great things to talk about tonight. I've got some great guests that are in the studio to end the week. That's right. We're ending the week together. It's Friday. And uh, be on the lookout for me over the weekend because I I am feeling compelled to do some uh, late night weekend streaming, especially to test out all of my new equipment at the house. And I I just want to get some technological things down while we continue to design the aesthetics of the room. Uh, Lauren and I were uh, going back and forth with some people who design custom LED neon lights for some things that would go on behind me. And and then after that, there's a lot of, you know, light balancing that has to be done once the, the whole room is strung up. But I am working on things to bring in new chapters and new angles for how this show and all, all uh, affiliated projects will operate from here on in. And also, you know... On a, on a regularly scheduled set, I know that the, the the Saturday night specials have been a little bit spotty the last couple of months with the uh, with all the the stuff going on at home with the uh, remodeling and all that shit. But I needed a I don't know I was just exhausted. But here's what I'll tell you: this will make it a lot easier for me to stay on track because if there's ever a night where I have to go live on a Saturday night and none of the guys are around because that happens a lot these days, I uh, you know. It, I'll, it'd be a lot easier for me to do it from home than to come to this big spooky building and be alone. I'll I'll tell you, I'll, I, that's uh, it's not especially when I have a spooky topic on the on the uh, on the books for that evening, and I'm all by myself late night on a Saturday smoking a hookah like a loser by myself. But um, now I'll be able to do all types of shite, so it's going to be great. And be on the lookout for me this weekend to just pop up in your notifications and maybe I'll, I'll get the I'll get the the word out through all of our socials telegram and things like that so make sure that you are up to date with us it is September 15th it is 2023 hello to everybody on quite frankly TV and rumble and twitch and D live and rockfin and for the next couple of days theta before they disappear and go off into the into the uh, you know fade into the background and that'll just be a a thing that we did at one point. We were on Theta for while it existed. And thank you to my wonderful sponsors for sticking with me all throughout this week. BlueMonsterPrep.com. Emergency food, drinking water filtration, gas masks, all the things that you're going to need to uh, survive comfortably in the in the America to come. Or the America that's being created before us. So go and check them out. At least will give you some peace of mind. And please also go check out our very trustworthy and amazing gold and silver providers. Wise Wolf Gold and Silver. All of it is on the affiliates page along with our wonderful friends at Yes Cacao with their botanical chocolates. Which will be at this wonderful uh, New England retreat. This health retreat that we're going to talk about tonight with one of our guests here. There is magazines. There's Rob's remote Qigong classes and so much more. That's what I got for you tonight. So I hope you all just enjoy what I've got cooking in the broiler. And for now, let's go and say hello to all my friends. The first one over here on my left, Matt, welcome back. 
Hello, Francis. I feel like I, I've been off a couple of different Fridays for different reasons. I feel like we haven't done this in a while. And I think the week before that, I was upstate. I had to pick my cousin up and take him down here. Did you see any, um, who, which cousin? Uh, the priest. Really? He's been, he was, he's been here? Upstate. Is he still stationed up there? He's in Florida now. Okay, but he was just upstate uh, St. Hello. Yeah. Well, he has a huge congregation in Florida. Really? Yeah. And, and, and what did he says mass on Sunday and all that? Yeah. And there's a lot of people that are there? Yeah, I think he said uh, he's got like 500 or something like that. Whoa, every, sun, every Sunday he's in Not every of... Sunday, but that's like... You know. So does he say that... What, what does he see as personally from where he is... What does he see as a trend in his parish? Are more people going to church or less? I didn't ask him that, but the other day I was talking to someone uh, about something like this, and I had mentioned how, like, I went to the city. We went to St. Patrick's, not St. Patrick's Cathedral. There's another St. Patrick's. I think it's got a statue of Padre Pio in there. It's a really beautiful church right in, in the middle of this, right past Little Italy. Like mm -hmm. one block pat or a couple up went in there on, on Saturday or it was a Sunday or Saturday. I don't know when it was, but there was a mask going on, dude. There was like twelve people in there. Yeah. That's in, what in I the can't. city. Um real quick on the other side of the room is Jay. What's going on? Jay Gulinello. Hey Frank. Good to have you here with Matt. Hey. Oh, I know. Hey. I was really excited to be here on a Friday. I figured going to get a chance to hang you know, out with we, we almost didn't know. We, uh, I, I woke up this morning. I said, fifth, September 15th. This is... <laughs> what the hell? I, I don't have anything on my notes here, but I feel like... And I said, wait, wait. What, where did I put Jay Gulinello? I, I thought that he was going to come on one time, one more time before this retreat. And then I called you up and I said, okay, yeah, we were. So I'm glad that this came together. But um, uh, Matt, real quick on that, because all I keep reading about is... Churches closing all over the place, all denominations just cl closing. So I just wonder what you know where if there, if anywhere in this country people are seeing resurgences because there there is a resurgence. I do see it myself, but as far as I don't know how that would translate into people flooding back into brick and mortar churches. Well, I think I think people are rediscovering faith, but I don't know how that is going to immediately result in packed houses. Yeah, I mean there's, you know, you get your few people that find religion again or whatever, but what it is is the Spanish people. Mm. They're they believe in God, they're conservative, you know. So but uh seems to me the further you get away from cities is where people <laughs> Are more uh, active well, in church. I mean, I'm one to talk. I don't go every week or whatever. I haven't gone in years, but cities tend to get people to serve different gods because <laughs> cities tend to need to require many different types of providers of basic necessities, and basic necessities used to come directly from churches and 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 uh, and other types of local charities and. And then even in cities, you know, welfare culture wasn't the, the culture of being on welfare and being being fed and clothed and all this stuff. I, I mean, that is not something that I mean, for as much as our founders, many of them loathed big cities because of, you know, there's there's all oh, that difference between a dense urban area and rural area, just politically speaking, everything else, those big cultural differences and how they collide in a 
in a uh, in a civic sense that's always been there mm. but you know this this kind of um this this government government worship because it's government providing all all sustenance that's still a pretty new phenomenon so i don't know it's nutty there's a lot there's a lot there is oh here's a little something for you i think you both will get something out of this one into the grab bag we go uh oh my gosh hold on <laughs> where the hell is it we're lost in the grab bag yeah i'm lost in the grab bag uh oh here we go Headline, from transgendered to transabled, people are choosing. People are choosing to identify as handicapped. This is weird. Now, let me tell you. You know, that's one where I'd say, hey, you know what? If you identify as it, why not go all the way? I'll agree with that. If you want to become a handicapped, then yeah, okay. Have someone baseball bat your legs. I think that's, that's happening, fine. right? I think that's happening. Some misery. <laughs> someone comes with a pizza. Uh, uh, a sledgehammer and a two by four. <laughs> so I, I, maybe some people here. Let's see. Uh, troubling societal issue called transableism is attracting attention these days. Well, I've heard about this years ago. Yeah. Um, transableism is a new, newer term for BIID, body integrity identity disorder. Oh boy. Ugh. God. Even uh, in which a person actually identifies as handicapped. Um, the, uh, the the BIID has been relabeled to transableism to align with today's trans community, according to some. The point of changing to changing the identifier from a psychiatric condition to an advocacy term, transableism, is to harness the stunning cultural power of gen- gender ideology, the cause of the allowing doctors to treat uh, patients by amputating healthy limbs. Uh-huh. I, I told you. And snipping spinal cords or destroying eyesight. So people are going to doctors and asking to be blinded. I've seen that. The Hodge twins made a video of some lady that did that. That's, That's another level. They're asking to be blinded. They're right. asking to be paralyzed. Yeah, and just for the record, it's okay to laugh at those people because yeah. they're that stupid. I mean, what do you think the long-term repercussions... You know, in other words, have we done a, a study 10 years later to figure out whether that person regrets the decision? I would love to see that kind of thing because, I mean, I, these I, are irreversible changes. I'd have to just imagine... So you know. <laughs> it's going to be very hard to collect all of those, uh, all that data because they're probably all killed themselves. No, seriously. I, I, seriously. You it's, go, most, it's a tragic comedy, actually, is what it is. I, this, I can't... I don't, I don't feel any... I don't feel bad for anybody now. In this in this situation where you go to a fucking doctor and say, "Please take my foot off. I need to be crippled." But what about the doctors? You know, I mean, the there needs to be some sort of uh, repercussion for a doctor chopping off a healthy limb. You don't have see. This is the whole problem I have with the word affirming care. You don't affirm that. That's not a. That's not really a thing. As a, as a clinician, you diagnose. You tell the person the truth. What they do with it is their decision. But to just if someone comes in and says, you know, I want to have my foot chopped off, you say, yeah, no problem. I mean, it's not a transactional relationship, generally speaking, between a clinician and a patient. So I don't even understand this whole trend towards yes, you must affirm the patient. No, you're supposed to. To clinically diagnose the patient and tell them the truth. What we have like a casual relationship with the truth now? Yeah, that's true. I think the family members should be able to sue the doctors if they do it or uh, whatever. Right. Like those doctors are doing way worse shit than what Doctor Kavorkin was doing. Right. You should have to if you want that done. It should be so hard to find the one doctor in some foreign land that's willing to hack off a healthy limb. Right. Yeah. Well, I mean, it shouldn't be on every on every corner. This this article makes it sound like it's something you can walk into an urgent 
care clinic and get something chopped I'm off on a Saturday night. Yeah, man. I'm going to test it out. I'm going to go and I'm say, can you break one of my fingers? It's Friday night. Go ahead. <laughs> yeah, break this pinky. <laughs> I mean, oh, was he major pain? Wait, 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 hold on. Let's see. In one case of BIID, Jorund Victoria Alme, 53 years old, a senior credit analyst in Oslo, Norway, identifies as disabled and uses a wheelchair even though she has no physical handicap. Oh, Alme. She's lazy. It's, I mean, this is what I'm talking about. There is no metric that could be used to measure how big of a loser a person needs to be to identify as a person who is incapacitated in some some way you you want to be i mean you believe that your true identity is to be incapacitated Think about how insulting that is to someone who doesn't have use of their limbs. I yes. was just going to say, you know what the doctor should do? Be like, all right, here's what you're going to do. You're going to go talk to someone that has an arm missing what you want and go ask them if they wish they had that other arm. There are therapies where they actually put people in fat suits, you know, where they have to actually carry around a full extra 50, 60 pounds or whatever to see what it's like, you know, it's sort of a, just a psychological thing. But it would be very interesting, you know, I mean, I, I just... I just think about someone who was, was, was born that way or was in combat or in a car accident and, and you want to identify it that way. What do you think that person would give to be able to walk through the woods yeah. or something? Exactly. To yeah. Yeah. I, I, especially with just walking in general, even beyond amputees, to, to go to a doctor and to petition to have your spinal cord severed. We're losing appreciation for life is really what it comes down to, I think. Well, you know, that, that, that actually brings up something else that I had in here that I had not put inside for this, uh, the concept of grief, where the hell is it, your true path, no. Um, there. W oh, here you go. This is from the Daily Mail a few weeks ago on August 13th. Here's the headline. Want to feel thrilled to be alive? Try death meditation. It involves wrapping yourself in sheets like a mummy and imagining looking at your dead body. Now, I, Jay and Matt, I... I often contemplate, I contemplate death, I contemplate uh, time, the passage of time, sure. the uh, people getting older and moving on, the generations just washing through, and because it, it, it does help me, it's not, I don't, I don't find it morbid, it does help me find really, sp you know, special moments all throughout every day, things that I want to slow down, savor, Everything, and I don't. I don't want that to go to waste. So I, I, I find that to be a useful tool that keeps you humble, but to obsess over it and to to need. There's so many people out there. You can tell that they're clawing to, to, for for feeling. People right. are clawing for right. feeling. Well, we live in a society where we're numbed by everything, right? Right. Social media, drugs, alcohol, you name it. You know, we're looking to numb. So yeah, and I, I agree with you. I think that gives you that appreciation for life and, it, and, and and a celebration for, you know, it's how I reframe exercise, it's how I reframe nutrition, everything for people. It, it, it's it's more about celebrating what you can do and making the most of the time that you have rather than thinking of these things as a chore or a negative or a restrictive type thing. It's more of a, I hate to use the word, but inclusive type reality for them. You know, like, hey, I can move, so I should exercise. I have the luxury of choosing the right foods for my body. I should fuel it properly in order to get the most out of life. So for me, it's reframing. I guess this is like an extreme version of that, wrapping yourself like a mummy. Well, you know, it, it says it's... <laughs> is while, it Halloween? Is that when the... <laughs> it says, while some methods may be more extreme, death meditation can take a lighter approach, such as imagining details about key moments in your life, such as who was there, how 
how you felt, what it smelled like, and how it sounded. Um, they say it's um, in some more intense sessions, participants wrap themselves in white sheets to make themselves look and feel like mummies, or they will write their own eulogies oh. to read out loud to a group. Uh, another death meditation practice involves visualizing the body's inevitable decay to let go of attachments to the material world. So you have to uh, now see that that right there that goes into some morbid shit. Yeah. Um, I, some of it is okay. I, I'd rather you know. I'd rather somebody write out their own eulogy. Yeah. To, yeah. to reflect on their lives mm -hmm. and whatever. I'd rather than that than asking a doctor to cut off their ankles. <laughs> but but then then to to sit there and think about the daily decay of the human body and th that's fucked up. Yeah, I mean you can use sensory deprivation tanks for things like that, but it doesn't have to become morbid, as you said. You know, writing out a eulogy can just be a, a physical way of of reframing your life how, how do you want people to remember you you know and then you and then you live according to those uh you know that way the way that you want people to to remember you but yeah this is going a little a little extreme yeah you know well to, to, to both of your guys points about the the first story a lot of people are asking uh one arizona internet internet uh, uh internist called today's transableism a delusional disorder. So that's yeah. an internist saying that, at least. Sure. In my opinion, both transgender and transabled persons suffer from delusional disorder. Jane Orient, a general internist at Tucson, Arizona, and executive director of the Association of American Physicians and Surgeons, told Fox News Digital via email, the, uh, the oath of uh, Hippocrates uh, adjures physicians to do no harm. Mutilating the body is an objective harm that even if it makes the patient subjectively feel better, it's an objective harm. The disability is lifelong and imposes burdens on others. And neither patients nor physicians can duck responsibility for that. I'm glad. Glad somebody said it. But now you got to think what state this is occurring in because I think we're treading into some dangerous waters now where doctors are actually having their license be put at risk by not affirming the patient. So... I don't want to completely, you know, put doctors in the hot seat on this. I mean, I understand that most of them, I mean, I, I still would, I would rather lose my license if, if I was a physician than do this. But you know what I'm saying? Like there is a, there is a weird thing that's happening right now. I believe in California where doctors are really struggling to be able to actually even practice uh, because they're taking away all of their autonomy. Yeah. Uh, so. well, yeah. And there's, there's, there's another doctor over here referencing something that I'm sure everybody in the uh, many people in the the chat room have probably seen before, but this Dr. Mark Siegel, clinical professor of medicine and practicing internist at NYU Langone uh, Medical Center in New York, as well as Fox News medical contributor, told Fox News Digital via me uh, email that the most doctors will only perform procedures that they feel are medically uh, indicated. Mm -hmm. Siegel referred to Munchausen syndrome, yeah. which is the factitious disorder in which a person repeatedly and deliberately acts as if they have a physical or mental illness. Right. Oh, Matt, you do that a lot sometimes. <laughs> what? Like, uh, <laughs> you, you repeatedly and deliberately act as if you have something wrong with you. What? The <laughs> oh, yeah. Yes, the things like that. <laughs> so, okay, so maybe you have, you have a slight case of Munchausen, okay? We can uh, work with that, Matt. Don't worry about it. We can work with that. I gotcha. <laughs> when, when, <laughs> when they're not sick, according to WMD, Siegel construed, he said, we deal with Munchausen and uh, Munchausen by proxy, where patients can be quite convinced about illnesses that they don't really have, and we need to be on the lookout for this. So I guess that's what happens by proxy is when you have parents that are pretty much projecting this stuff onto children yeah. who are going through normal phases in, in childhood. Exactly, because it brings the parent attention to have a sick child. Mm -hmm. Yeah.
Yeah. Oh, and boy. I'll tell you, man, I, just a quick side note, because I didn't, I didn't know we were going to go here, but I, in my day job, I, I want to be very careful. I'm not going to use names or anything, but, but I got my first client the other day who had a... So he, ha, he has an eating disorder, which is actually pretty rare, but he has an eating disorder... And he and in the intake form, it's you know basically asking what what is the source of the of the disorder, and it's actually he said, diagnosed by a physician, climate change anxiety. Oh no! It's the first time I've seen it written, and I, it took me a few minutes to realize that this is you know I know we talk about it and we joke about it and it's just so silly, but it's it's now crept its way into my clinical practice and it is, it is frightening because now. The, the great irony in this is that the healthcare sectors of the U.S. and several other countries contribute far more to greenhouse gas emissions than, than you know, than meat, right? But this guy has eaten himself into a metabolic disorder, which ironically, again, is going to cause him to have to require, it's going to require care that's going to contribute more to the climate change than if he had just, you know, done the right things in the first place. So it's such a bizarre lack of logic, lack of critical thinking skills, and the fact that a physician would seriously, and that makes me think the physician must also be suffering from this, because no one in their right mind would diagnose somebody with that, who has the facts, uh, you know, in order, but... I saw my first case of it, and I was just like, "Well, let me ask you away. this now." I, I <laughs> Amazing, obviously right? <laughs> you're going to work with the guy, yeah. And how do you, as a professional, are you're going to approach this by just really having absolutely no conversations about the climate and just trying to stay fo- fine focused on macronutrients and all of his vitals and his blood work and that, and just try not to talk about the climate at all? Because how do you, if he brings that up and if it if it, if it is the act, if it's part of his diagnosis. I know. I mean, it's one thing to say, you have high blood pressure and I think that I want to tweak this, this, and this and see what happens. It's another thing, Jay, when you are now trying to counteract the planet's Pre- the pressure that the planet is having on I'm water. good, but I'm not that good. Well, so it's like, <laughs> I mean, how, that's what I'm talking about, the diagnosis itself. How yeah. do you expect anybody to help a person when they're literally fighting against the planet? Well, in some ways, I think those diagnoses are designed to create complete helplessness. Because, like you said, hi- hypertension, you know, oh, type 2 diabetes, any of these things are conquerable. You can institute lifestyle changes and you can make effective uh, changes that result in different labs and moving out of disease categories and all this great stuff. I mean, I can't do anything about his perception of the climate. So there's so there's nothing I can do. So it's funny, you, you actually know me really well. That's exactly what I'm going to do. I'm going to f- stay within the scope of my practice because in my opinion, he's got a he's got a psychological disorder he's got to deal with. Hopefully someone else will help him, although he seems to have enablers in his life because they've labeled him. See, this is the thing. I feel like when people get labeled, when they receive the label, it's like a badge of honor. Now I can run around and explain all of my behavior and why I do what I do. I have climate anxiety. And it's not just that. There are other disorders that people cling to when I try to help institute new you know new things into their lives it's like they that diagnosis is like their little teddy bear and they're like but i can't let it go or else i lose my identity i'm i now am identified by this disorder or whatever it is so it's a really weird thing because i'm mostly dealing with the physical but you can't do that without dealing with the psychological elements of it especially in in cases like this because food comes along with that right 
Wow. Well, yeah, talk about the talk about the, the bumps in the road you never thought you'd have to <laughs> I know. account for. <laughs> we didn't cover this in a master's program. Uh, right, right. <laughs> what, what do you do? I call my professor. You didn't prepare me for this. Oh, my gosh. Okay, well, you know, I have some more things to do in the second. We're going to do a lot more health-related stuff in the second half. Sure. I have some really fun stuff um, that's non-related in the first half that we're about to do. And I, uh, I want to jump into that right now. Oh, oh, before we do, take a listen to this. Take a listen to this. This is a one-minute second. The, the protests in New York City over, over the illegal alien invasion. Mm. Um, I, I wouldn't even call it an invasion. Uh, yeah, it, it's an inv- I'm trying. The injection. Because <laughs> inv- it's an invasion launched by our own government. Mm-hmm. Um, it's not like these people got together and said, let's go storm their borders. They'll never be able to stop us. That's, no, we, we, it, it's all part of it. It's governmental Munchausen's. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> Well, here is uh, so much protesting is going on down in New York City right now. And I've got to say, well, actually, we'll, uh, we'll, we'll do that in just a second. Listen to this guy. Um, here, listen to this. Yes. They fired teachers, fire department. Hold on. We're not getting vaccinated. Who do you oh, think wait a needs second. to do more? We hear from- I don't know what just happened with that video. Hold on. All right, here we go. People are very, very upset. Yes. They fired teachers, fire department, for not getting vaccinated. Who do you think needs to do more? We hear from the mayor of New York who says he's doing everything he can every day as migrants can come in. We are, we are, I will say too, we're live on air, so, uh, but, you know, what do you think about what the mayor is doing and what should the president and the White House be doing? This is up to us. This is up to each and every one of us to stand up. Nobody's coming here for us. Right. We're here for ourselves. If we don't get up and fight for our city, nobody's coming for us. They're coming to destroy it. The reason why they're here is to steal our votes. Right. They're not, we're not going to be able to live there stealing our votes, our kids' future, my birthright. Our United States is great city that I refuse to leave. Do you understand? Nobody's coming for us. These elected officials aren't even elected. They're using absentee ballots. They're being selected. What did you think that AOC, um, you know, when she came out and other members of Congress and they had this press conference, what did you think about their comment? They will never be allowed to walk down the streets again. They have destroyed our city. And New York, especially Queens, is woken up. Let's pull away from this. Yeah, yeah, let's let's pull away from this. It's too raw. It's too raw. We don't want the the rawness here. Dude, uh, before we go to actually launch this thing uh, tonight, it's Friday. We can do a little bit of improvising here with the time. But um, Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez... Uh, Jerry Nadler, a couple of other stooges, they were out there and doing this press conference. And let me tell you, though, if there's anything, if there's anything that is is good about what I'm seeing right now, it is that people like that fat ass shit pants Jerry Nadler and bird brained AOC and others who are running this script, and that's what it is. They are doing so in front of an increasingly hostile crowd mm-hmm. who do not. They do not have the luxury of being partisan anymore. Mm. These are not Republicans in New York showing up to protest. This is everybody. And they, they, and no, because nobody has the luxury of being partisan anymore. And all they give you in the face of all... This is what the most scary thing about this is. Regardless of where they all end up, the fact that they're in the country, the in, in the interior, is bad for all of us. But you know what? 
we're in the end game now anyway. So uh, I guess this is just the wrecking ball, the wrecking ball phase of it all. They deflect. All they do is deflect weakly by blaming op- their opposition party. To hear Jerry Nadler talk about Republicans in Congress being the the reason for what for what being in the way of what not resourcing cities adequately. There is no resources. There is no resources. The only meaningful response is mass deportation and border closure. It's the only meaningful response. If you're not getting that, which you're not, then it just means the plot is being slowly moved on. Mm -hmm. And then every moderate who comes up there to speak on the issue, uh, they, they only ever talk about the pressing need for a pathway to citizenship instead of immediate expulsion. Right. So everybody's they're either talking about resources or they're talking about uh, or, or and they never ever say anything other than asylum seeker because that puts the pressure on you whether or not you want to re- resist somebody who needs asylum to come in with with uh, 10,000 of their family and friends to completely ruin your hometown overnight yeah. so it, it's everybody knows it and it's it's not a partisan issue anymore which i think that, that if there's any good thing it's that you know, they should not have to run this script comfortably. They should at least sweat a little bit. They're yeah. one-trick ponies, too. I mean, they use that same divisive political rhetoric for every issue. But now, as you said, it doesn't it doesn't ring true anymore because this is really a nonpartisan issue at this point. Yeah. People are just fed up. Indeed. All right. Well, uh, let's get this one off. Matt, do you have anything to say? You're usually very uh, passionate about that subject. Yeah, kick them out. Kick them out. <laughs> Dwight D. Eisenhower. If they said, <laughs> if they said, Matt, Matt, we need you to drive all of the buses back down. Would you, would you drive them all one bus at a time from here to to the, the border? I'd drive it till the wheels fell off. Okay. Then I'd kick them on the what ass if it was on like, the way out. <laughs> like the movie Speed. What if you couldn't go below fifty five miles? An I would hour? try and drive okay. as fast as I could towards <laughs> the border for them. Well, nice. Because you have to come back and get more, so you ha- you have to oh, get it yeah, done quick. That's right. Yeah. All right. We'll be right back. Don't go anywhere. stand up to us, then they all might stand up. Those puny little ants outnumber us a hundred to one. And if they ever figure that out, there goes our way of life. It's not about food. It's about keeping those ants in line. That's why we're going back. Does anybody else want to stay? Let's ride! want to thank everybody in the audience um this song obviously is very important to me because this is the song i waited until aurora was born so this is going to be her entrance music and 
at 4.34 p.m. Put that one out there. And I love this song, uh, Mala Moreno, from uh, that uh, Monica Bellucci movie, Milena. And I, I was waiting for this one. And I had it timed. I was ready to go. And, and as soon as she emerged... <laughs> The, it went on and three years and now that here's the thing about this particular upload I can always go back to this upload on uh, on YouTube and find all of the people who were commenting from three years ago wishing me and Lauren congratulations and you know welcoming the baby and all that stuff and I just want to thank everybody in the audience just for having always been along for the ride no matter what it is and this is really I've grown up on this show and then the show before it truly grown up because it was all it was just college from from junior year in college all the way through to right now I mean it's it's been non-stop and I just so appreciative of the audience during happy times like this so thank you that's what i wanted to say on that and you know the other thing guys jay yes. especially especially you know we're talking about developing life yesterday at aurora's birthday party i i really just started um i thought a lot about the evolving roles of you know assuming the role of the parent at a birthday party and just being on the other side of you're the one that is just sitting there waiting for the ice cream. You're the one that's sitting, that's jumping on the on the bouncy castle. You know, <laughs> wait, that's not a that's that's inappropriate. Not for me. You know, <laughs> the bouncy castle says only for between ages three and eight. Oh, anyway, I just uh, it was a great great balance of of doing what I had to do to coordinate food and the ice cream truck and all that other stuff and watching all the, making sure the kids didn't break each other's necks on the bouncy castle, but also every step of the way, remembering and knowing what it felt like to be that age, mm. every thrill, the deflation of the party coming to an end and all of your friends and family going home and the yeah. day is over, that yeah. deflating feeling, it uh, that in itself, you know, a lot of people are, are afraid of growing up and becoming a cheesy adult. No, no, it, you just move into an administrative role. It's it's a great passage of uh, passage of of responsibility. But yeah. but if you can hold on to every, it's amazing to feel those feelings uh, as a kid again. I I feel it. You know, yeah. it's like an E. T. Elliot thing with Aurora. <laughs> I feel that. I, I it, it's incredible. I agree, man. I mean, I don't. I think. I mean. Some of those memories are still visceral, you know, like the the Christmas morning memories and those things that you can feel those. I don't care how old I get. I still feel a lot of those things. So I, I completely understand what you're saying. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Christmas Eve's were oh. uh, that's the best. Yeah. And then Christmas morning, definitely there's that thrill. And then you start feeling the balloon really lose some air around 1 p.m. <laughs> on, on Christmas Day. You're like, oh, man. But see, I'm riding high from basically I'm just October, November, December. I love, love those three months. My favorite months of the year. So I start, you know, in a few weeks. Basically, after the retreat is October. So I'm, I'm like... I'm ready to go. Oh, Aurora, I've, I've been waiting for the end of this year for a while. <laughs> the, the birthdays, Aurora's birthday starts the the holiday season yeah, for me now, because yeah. in two weeks it's October. That entire that entire uh, month we love. I just love, I just love the fall, and I I love well, the the lead up to Halloween and mm. now programming 
programming stuff on the network and all that shit and giving people some throwback Halloween stuff, B-horror films, what a, you know, fun stuff on the programming of uh, the show at, here, all guests and topics. And then November 1st, the Christmas shit comes out. Oh, yeah. Oh, November 1st. And, and then, then you got two months. Yeah, and savor it. Oh, I, I say, yeah. Aurora <laughs> said it today. She said, one day it's going to be Christmas. I said, yes, but I said, yes, but right now, this is where you have to really enjoy all of it leading up to Christmas because Christmas is one very fast day. If you can instill that in her, that is incredible because I don't know any kid that can do that, right? All we want is our birthday to get here when we're a kid. All we want is Christmas to get here. We have no conception of when it's over, even though we've we've lived that Right? We, in years past, the day after, you're like, it's not my birthday anymore. And it's just I like know. the sadness. But the next year, you're still rushing you know, to get there. So if you could instill that, that slowdown, that, that's a gift. Because I don't know any kids. I certainly I don't didn't know. have that. I mean, that's not something until you get to be an adult where you're, you're like, please, slow it down. You're, tell, you're <laughs> telling me down. that I have, to find, I have to find a way to override uh, a human evolution. I don't know. Yes, I mean, that's yeah, like, yeah. At that age, <laughs> it's very hard to balance it's, anything. Yeah, it's impossible. But you know, she 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 is starting. The, you know, she uh, she uh, prays. We pray at, at dinner every night now, and she's you know she's getting a little bit closer to yeah. just basic routines of that, and and then, but as far as deeper levels, because yeah. you know, I don't. Kids are excitable creatures, and I, you don't really want to change that. But I think she should be able to <laughs> grasp it around age. Uh, I don't know. How? how Forty six. She, she already <laughs> feels like she's forty three. <laughs> she's already forty three, so maybe three more years. <laughs> I don't know. Um, anyway, that was a good day. That was a good day. All right, let me do a little something with you. Here is the first half. I want to put this out there, and this is something that people can call in with all throughout the, the show tonight, even in the second half when we just you know sift through some health-related stuff, nutrition-related stuff, headlines, things that are out there. Um, let's see here. Um, what? Um, okay, Okay, here you go. Here it is. Here it is. Listen to this. This is from a Tumblr post I grabbed for a night like tonight. Now listen up. Not to sound like a boomer, but the forced switch from wired headphones to earphones to Bluetooth is one of the worst technological advancements of our time. Okay? That's what one person said. Now, but it's the response to this. Okay? Because you could say, okay, boomer, to that... (laughs) Whatever. I but wouldn't. It's the response to the because you know I don't know the the, uh, the Bluetooth buds. I don't like them. I don't like them. I, I mean I have them because it's the only thing that's that, that is really um com, you know that works with these new phones. I'll tell you a story about them after you're done. All right. I don't I, like them. <laughs> good. <laughs> Listen to this response though because I I really want to hear what people have to say about this. I think one of the consequences of getting older is finding out that your parents were kind of right when they complained about technology. At least you can see they weren't entirely wrong. I've been hearing from friends that it's getting harder to find quality refrigerators that don't connect to the internet. That don't, that don't connect to the internet. Um, Why exactly does my refrigerator need Wi-Fi or even a computer at that? Older fridges can last decades because they have so few failure points. They have one job and they do it well. 
I tend not to use my smart TV very often because the damn thing glitches and it's laggy and it's too much of a hassle unless I'm really committed to watching a movie in my living room. And the worst thing is, can you even buy a non-smart TV these days that isn't secondhand? Are they even making ordinary, you know, televisions that don't need software updates and internet connections anymore? Someone in the comments of this post asked about how Bluetooth earbuds are forced, and everyone pointed out that a lot of the phones, especially the iPhones, simply do not have the ports to plug in wired headphones anymore. You must get the Apple wireless headphones, and I think that's the crux of the problem. I'm glad I have an Android phone because I can use the old wired earbuds I've had for over 12 years. If I wanted to, I can buy wireless earbuds and use them instead because my model of phone gives me that option. Mm -hmm. And that's the kicker. The problem is that as things are quote unquote advancing more and more, options are being taken away. It has nothing to do with consumer demand. Obviously, there are a lot of people that are not happy with these developments, but as we are seeing, the products being made don't reflect uh, customer preference or choice. It's always about the best for the companies making and selling those products. Every day, we're hearing about new apps and tech startups, and really, does anyone really want this shit? Is the NTH attempt to, uh, to make crypto work the uh, billion spent on metaverse doorbell cameras is a fridge with an ip address really allow it to do its job better is that going to improve the lives of anyone who aren't the developers of that product just the other day i was reading about a tech startup that wants to be able to beam ads into your car's gps screen video ads on a screen to tell drivers what near what is nearby when they can just continue to look out the window because they're supposed to be driving the goddamn car they already do that on ways, right? When you stop, you ever see? Oh, there's a KFC. Like, oh yeah, you're right. Yeah, I, I, I don't. Ha- I haven't had ways in a while. I should get it because Google Maps sucks. Mm-hmm. There's the, the delay on Google Maps. Sometimes it's just I. I can't tell you how many times I've missed exits. Yeah. Um, to places I haven't been to before because the the lag is ridiculous. Yep. Um, on screen to tell drivers. Okay, so the problem of a world run by tech companies that the tech isn't made to be isn't made to accommodate us we are being forced to accommodate the tech Mm. so i want to know what you guys have to say well first of all jay you have a earbuds question well i used to work for verizon wireless before i did anything in health that was just my day job so i was around a lot of the new technology when it was coming out so bluetooth headphones were a big thing when i was working there so we always got free samples to try them out great and I tried them out because I like technology, but, and again, I didn't know anything at the time, but every time I used one, every single time, and I started to make this connection, I would actually get mild nausea. Mm. And I was just like, and I never connected the two, (laughs) no pun intended, until eventually, you know, I was on my fourth or fifth one and I said, you know, I'm going to just, maybe it's the headphone, right? Had no idea why or why that would be the case. Never, never happened again after that. And I've always, and I have an Android. Specifically, I buy phones that have the option because I don't want anything to do with, with Bluetooth. You know, that close to my head. And I'll say that while I haven't researched it to the degree that I research other things, I remember when I first got into researching, I did look up several studies and found increases in things like oxidative stress and and uh, some mitochondrial changes. So 
there could be something to it. I, again, I've never really dug deeper. I just knew that for me, it didn't work. I also didn't like the sound quality, but mostly it was it actually made me physically nauseous. That's so, incredible. It's just a bizarre uh, thing. And, and not, not, not surprising, though, because there's just a lot, um, especially when you hear about... Um, you, you know how, how vital the inner ear is to not only, you know, to, to balance, to vertigo, mm -hmm. all that stuff. Yeah. And, of course, nausea comes along with that. Right. So anything that's going to, anything that's going to just disrupt whatever kind of delicate balances are going on inside of that, uh, that canal. Um, yeah. But, you know, I have, we were given, Anthony was given a couple of uh, packages of earbuds a couple of years ago by one of his sponsors, and I have one at home, and what I do is at, at night I'll pop one into one ear and just listen to some late-night radio a little bit before I go to bed so I don't wake anybody up. And um, no nausea, no nausea, but, I, I mean, I, if I ever sweat, they would just slip right out and mm -hmm. fall out, and it, it sucks. Mm -hmm. Do you use them at all, Matt? Do I no? No, do you have any kind of earphones, the old ones, or you just listen I, to things? I well, I used to have a Droid, and I had the plug-in things, and now I have this stupid uh, iPhone, so okay. I don't have any type of ear plugs or anything. Do you remember that scene from 1923 with the washing machine? Yeah. Okay. Have you been watch? Do you watch Yellowstone? No. Okay. I went and I found this scene. I was waiting when it first came out, and I was watching this episode. By the way, did was there did the second half of this season come out yet? Yeah, it was. The last season was two was in two halves, wasn't it? Yeah, the second half came out, and then the last season's coming out now. No, I or dude, I, I, okay. Well, I'll, I'll talk to you afterwards because I I think I, <laughs> I have missed out on a lot here. But when this first episode came out, now. Um, uh, if you don't know, Jay, this takes place in Montana, and the original, I mean, well, the original, that comes out, it's modern day, and now what they've been doing, the creator's been going back and back to see this family's history, uh -huh. and how it came up, they came up through, uh, you know, uh, through Indian territory and developing America in the West to settle in Montana, and the, the beginnings of this very, very large, powerful family ranch out there in Yellowstone. And uh, and that and the first the first uh, prequel that they did was 1883. That was when they first that first big treacherous drive up to Montana and found the place that they were going to settle. And now 1923 came out. I think they're going to be doing a 1976 or something like that. Whatever the hell it is. Anyway, 1923. This is what happens. I think they're in Bozeman or something like that. And they go into town one day. And I want you to listen to this this exchange. There is a salesman from New York that is sitting there on the sidewalk, and he is showing off some amazing gadgetry. And I said, oh, I can't wait until somebody uploads this clip onto YouTube because it is grand. Take a listen to this. What is that? That's a washing machine. What is it wash? Clothes. Oh, can you imagine? Can you imagine? An electric motor spins the cylinder as water is pumped through the machine. Soap is added here, and the agitation removes any soiling. What is that wash? That's a refrigerator. Top compartment keeps food frozen. And the bottom compartment maintains a temperature of 38 degrees. And you sell these? We rent them. 
So you sell electricity, and then you rent all the things that need electricity? More or less. We don't need any of these things. Well, the conveniences. Their use gives you time to do other things. What other things? Well, like other chores. So you invent machines to do those, then what do we do? Go on a picnic. <laughs> go for a swim. Well, go to the cinema. You can enjoy a more leisurely life. It ain't more leisurely, because we got to work more to pay for all this stuff. He's got you there. This is the future. Every home in New York City has electricity. They have refrigerators. And some even have electric stoves. Now, here's the thing. We buy all this stuff, we're not working for ourselves anymore. We're working for you. Oh, boy. Wow. We buy all this stuff. We're not working for ourselves anymore. We're working for you because they're, they're the utility companies and they're the appliances. And then what the, – but the other real big thing there, Jay and Matt, is what do we – and I, listen, I am surrounded by convenience right now sure. and technology. And I just I, – I, I can't tell you how many loads of, of laundry I have done in just the last five days alone. But we do lose a lot of we we are disconnected from a lot that we don't even know about and there is a trade-off for having all of these Mm -hmm. so-called conveniences for because because what are we what are we filling filling up all of our free apparently we should have so much free time right now but all we're doing is working our asses off to continue to pay for the overhead the (laughs) the electricity you can tie this back to what we were talking about before right all that free time gives you time for things like i don't know climate anxiety and uh you know diseases that make you want to chop off body parts i'm serious you know and i think i mean i love convenience too right but but if you're a certain kind of person too much convenience is probably detrimental because you know a positive stress on the body meaning you know you've got to work hard for the income to be able to pay for food or whatever you know the 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 positive stresses that were once part of just everyday life there's something to be said for that uh and and what kind of quality of life it delivers Mm. and when all that's removed you start searching for meaning in other places and if you can't find it then again maybe you start inventing things that aren't really there to occupy your time oh yeah absolutely absolutely because of you know it just when it comes down to it every minute of every day really is occupied um and even the poorest in our country especially has these basic conveniences that would have revolutionized it would have would have really taken away hours of somebody's attention during a day in you know the late 19th century or something Mm -hmm. like that Uh, i mean that's that's so much all right ladies and gentlemen you call in on that what do you think about that um you know just just the quality of things the connectivity issues that's the big one the internet of things why doesn't why does it, a, a a refrigerator need a, an ip address now i, I mean you could i, I know I, <laughs> I have a few thoughts on that go ahead why well, does it need an ip address matt are you familiar with the uh c40 cities that smart cities sort of it's it's different though but it's on the same Spy cities essentially it's on the same line and New York is one of them, by yeah. the way. I, okay, yeah. Yeah, and so if you want to really be, if you want to think bigger picture, in my opinion, the more appliances that are able to connect to the internet and information and data is able to be uh, taken from them, that's just more control. I mean, Mayor Adams just had a press conference about the partnership with American Express in order to track the meat and dairy consumption 
of New Yorkers. They're going to start locking people's frigid air That's on them. my point. But That's but, my th- point. Does that mean that there's going to be cameras inside of the fridges to well, be able to scan through things and identify them on site? Because what, how do you know what's in there? Well, of course. Well, well, the credit cards that you buy the foods with will tell you that they're in there. But right. why not put a camera in there, Frank? Because don't you know that when you, the milk is low, they can scan it and they can order the milk for you. You're right. Isn't that amazing, though? I mean, that's incredible convenience. But, <laughs> but you lose the ability to choose things. I mean, I drive. Look, you're talking to a guy who drives a 20-year-old Jeep Wrangler with crank windows, okay? So, like, I, I just want less, and I want, I want to be able to choose the conveniences that, that I have, and I want to be able to um, abstain from the ones that I don't want. And I, Matt, I'm so glad you said that, because that is exactly what my mind thought. If, they, if I paid for cash, which they want to get rid of, which is why CBDCs are dangerous, right? If I pay for meat, but I'm over my allotment, and I get it home, and I put it in my fridge, and then my fridge goes... <laughs> and I can't get my meat out because I've had too much that week because my carbon footprint is too deep. Yeah. I mean, if you don't think this stuff ties together, I don't know what to tell you because this this creep has been happening for so many years, right? And it's just now the technology is there to be able to implement it. And I think this is why you're seeing such a push for all of these things. And something like that makes me think... I wonder how long this has really been a push, right? Has it always just been, well, this is just human ingenuity. I mean, maybe some of it was to some people, but don't tell me that other people weren't thinking, the more technology, the more chances we have to control the population. No doubt. No, not 917, you're on the air. What do you think about this? I hate, I hate all of it. <laughs> now, 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 now let's, but let's be honest about it. Uh, we're able to look at this. We can see the strings attached to us, but... Every day, um, it's scary how much of our everyday lives, um, professionally and socially, is now dependent on these so-called conveniences. That have uh, are they really conveniences? Are they addictions? Are they are they necessities? And um, and and if, if the electricity went off for a month, think about the death toll. Oh yeah, you know, uh, it's just a, go go ahead, caller. What do you think? Just give me more. Well, let, let me just let me go in order. First of all, you mentioned that uh, Aurora started um, praying, so I just want to—is this poopy? You know me so well. <laughs> I know that voice. <laughs> What's going on, poopy? I, w- I want to remind everyone uh, that you know a long time ago we were we were um, basically um, they took away our, our 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 prayers, our the right method of praying, and they and they kind of like gave us this other thing where you're you're kind of always asking i guess god for something but the right way the sign there's a book called the science of prayer and the right way that you do it is you're you have to want when you're praying you have to feel you have to make yourself feel as if you already have that that you're asking for you have to you have to pray uh, the prayer should be from um a place of abundance and that's you know, it goes into the law of attraction and everything. That's how you you attract things to you. So I just, you know, I I, I hope you you um you tell her that. And um, the other two things is uh, this is this is I, I'm loving the episode. <clears throat> I'm loving the show tonight because you guys said kids so many times, and I got to remind you, sorry, a baby goat, right? Children. I, I I try to say it as much as I can, and sometimes I'm some nights are, are better than others. I'm sorry, Poopy. No, it's all it's all good. I don't because I don't think Jay is aware of the of the 
of the orig origin of the of the word because kids back in the, actually back in the Yellowstone days kids were only uh, baby goats and then they kind of because of the whole Baphomet kind of sacrifice to the goat god thing they, they started calling human children kids it's, it's it goes pretty deep wow. but I'm glad that Jay mentioned about the the nausea because so I tell I I, I always back to people I see people that are on their phones that are actually holding up their phones to their head yeah. uh, and you know with it with like the old flip phones it's fine it's cool but these new phones these supercomputers that we're carrying around this is this is a, a, a water disruptor it, it, it's a molecule disruptor and if you're holding it up to your head and with all of these waves going through it I mean you're it's you're probably doing brain damage if you hold it up to your head long enough for enough phone calls so you know i like i don't let, let like my parents when i when i see it happen i'm like let's i just don't throw a, a headphone soon now the same thing from from in my opinion the same thing happens with bluetooth we have we haven't had bluetooth for a long time so we don't have studies 10 years 20 years later to see what happens to bluetooth waves and how they affect let's say the blood or whatever it is and a lot of these bluetooth things they're right in your ear that's mm -hmm. they're right next to your brain so and i'm glad you mentioned about the nausea because i also uh had headaches when i first started using bluetooth so i guess it, it kind of it depends on whether you're sensitive to that stuff or not but i had headaches i wasn't nauseous but I, my head would start hurting <laughs> so now i only use the wired and that's that's the last point i wanted to make I, you guys kept saying that you know, some of these phones don't give you an option for the wired, and until they make a phone where it doesn't have any plugs, I have wired phones. I have an iPhone that doesn't have the plug. I would have, I have to either buy the headphones with the with the new plug, or I have this little adapter that converts the iPhone plug into the a regular 3.5. That's what plug. I do. That's what I do too. I'm gonna have to. I'm gonna have to go and, and and look at what adapters are available out there because it's gonna be part of the other thing that I have to set up for myself and for the rest of the household over the next month. Now that everything else is done, I also wanted to finally get a handle on setting a timer for the Wi-Fi to be turned off in the house between sleeping hours, at least at least from like midnight until 8 a.m. Uh, everybody can use just data from midnight to 8 a.m. I, I want the I want that off. But Jim Lee is um, he was giving me he was going to give me some tips on how to set that to a timer. So there's a lot of things there I got to check. Out. Uh, Wait, what about what what about the guy you had on that that creates you know like the the, the puts your house in like a force field? I forget his name, but what what he was talking about really really kind of strung a chord with me. Like I, I he is he's onto something. I'm going to reach he's out to him. I, I'm going to reach out okay. to him too. I'm going to reach out to him too because he he did say he did say that he wanted to uh, to to give me one or two things to try out once I was all settled in with our move just so I could, and I know that there was other people in this audience who reached out to him to have the the home um, I, I gotta go find his name again to have their homes evaluated and, and everything and and I know that we had a lot of um, uh, EMF highly EMF sensitive members in this audience who are very excited of trying that stuff so i i want to hear results of what people are feeling before and after too but maybe i should i should get get on that and make it part of my i, I think he's the real deal i i really do think he's the real deal i mean when, when after i watched that show a lot of things made sense 
to me because I I would figure, I have this company that I buy some EMF protection from, and I could never figure out what or how could they how could they do with this gel and what he said about combining certain stones with that complete that like blew my mind. I was like, oh my god. Well, thank yeah, you for I the call, man. I, I've got a. Unless they shut him down, he's going to be big. No, yeah, I've got to. Um, I got a, a couple of notes to write myself now. I hope you have a good night, man. We'll talk soon. All right, man. Love you guys. All right, love you too. There you go. There's Poopy Butthole, everybody. Mm-hmm. He's just hanging out, doing good things. Nine one four two zero 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 two six nine. Call in because we want to talk about technology a little bit more and what your gripes are with uh, with with new not not that you are the old man yelling shaking your fist at the cloud but uh, about things things drop in quality especially for this especially sacrificing quality for this connectivity issue obviously uh, your refrigerator would be a, a great way into the private life of a of a of a private eater. Mm-hmm. But what about other things? You know, there is like I guess. Uh, why does a dishwasher need an IP address? Is that is I mean you, you can always track. You can't say oh, well if they want to make sure that you're using only a certain amount of water. Well, you can track how much water goes into a house overall. That's right. your metric. Who cares if you're using all your water in a shower or in a sink? Hmm. You're you're consuming water. So why does a dishwasher need an IP address? Those are things I don't get. Yeah. How many d- listening devices do you need? <laughs> is it like Batman? Um, you know, Dark Knight Rises when. The TVs. With the TVs, they're just mapping out a like a sonar version of. Oh, oh man. I thought you were talking about the Riddler with the TVs when he. Uh, you're talking oh about, yeah. Don't know how how Batman about Bane's plan. Common, no, how Batman commandeered all of that technology, that sonar technology that was generated from this to be able to find Joker. Yeah. You know, and, and that was that was an endorsement of the good guys using it to find a bad guy. Yeah, mm-hmm. that's what. That's probably exactly what it is. It's going to ping everything, and they're going to be able to see in your house <laughs> and see every Jeez. single inch of your of your house. Log cabin time, guys. Yeah. So, I, really quick, I found a. I knew that I had written on this at one point in the past, but it was it was like over a year ago, an experiment on honeybees that were exposed to EMF. And they did it at, di- at different hertz and for different amounts of time. But the interesting thing at the end of that study was they found that compared to controls, the honeybees that were exposed to these um, electromagnetic frequencies had some significant differences. And the biggest one was loss of balance in, in the bees that were exposed to EMF. So again, it's animal research, but they're living creatures being exposed to a non-native EMF, and it causes them to lose balance. So that was something I found from a while ago that I just wanted to throw out there. It's, we don't have the, he's right, we don't have, Poopy's right, we don't have the research, but uh, I always tell people, don't necessarily be so quick to be an early adopter, especially when it comes to food, because man has a terrible track record when it comes to inventing food. I mean, I, I feel like we're batting zero. So don't be an early adopter to foods. And I just apply that to a lot of other areas in life. I just want to be sure that things are safe before I start, you know, sticking them in my ears, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and, and you know what? I just found the episode that Poopy's talking about, and I just sent it to myself so I can go home and take a look at it and get in touch with Corey Hillis. Corey Hillis. And that is where we have, that is on the, it was May 18th. 2023 it's called grab bag electromagnetic fields and open lines mm. Corey hillis that w- we got I a lot of that episode i remember that yeah i mean i can't believe may 18th 
That was like nine days after construction started at my house, and it just ended. <laughs> Man, I'm, okay, let's take a let's take a call. Uh, Ryan from Minnesota, you are on the air. Go ahead. Hey Frank, how you doing? How's everybody doing? Doing well. Welcome to the show with everybody. Great. Hey, I was gonna say, wouldn't it be great if uh, some companies had privacy and uh, all the things you're talking about tonight in mind when they develop new products? Like some company could rake in by being like, you know, you can't, you can't track my phone, you can't enter my my space, my fridge doesn't have uh, hooked to Wi-Fi. You know, like mm-hmm. there's a lot of money to be made there if someone had the. Uh, capital to start companies that would go against the machine you know it's true um you know it, it seems like the it's cr- i always thought it was crazy to me oh, well when you watch the sopranos or anything else like that that the the safest phones anybody obviously a criminal is trying to evade being listened to for one reason or another but now it's like everybody has a reason to be skeptical about who's listening in mm-hmm. on them. And it always was crazy to me that the safest phones you can use are disposable phones. Yeah. You know, I don't want to have to throw mine away after every fifth call. <laughs> but, <laughs> right. but, you know, or but something. phone for that matter. Right. Yeah, something's got to give. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's all I wanted to add was just like somebody out there with a lot of money to start making products against the machine that does everything that we want. No, no Bluetooth, no bullshit. And just you know, rake it in. It's called the. I, I like it. I think it's. I think the term would be the privacy economy, right? Yeah. Yeah. That's a nice way yeah. of saying it. Yeah. I, I mean, that was. Uh, let me see. The well, you know, I, I think about how everything. Maybe the internet. It's the internet providers that we would need something, but the, we need some help with. We need some innovation on on the side of mm-hmm. an internet an internet provider that really likes. I mean, we have so we have things like Brave Browser that yep. pops up from time to time. That yep. they are they're really big on encryption and mm-hmm. all that. And we know Proton Mail or mm-hmm. I don't know. However, however many things people are using, but I know there there are companies out there that are develop trying to develop some things that are encrypted and make people a little bit more comfortable. But it's uh, it, it's rough. It really is because you know at this time, even going back to just wired wireless. Radio technology, um, you never, I mean, it's, it's hard. Uh, oh, actually, no. The police are encrypting their, their radio. Oh. Uh, my scanner, and thank you for the call, Ryan. It's great to have you on again. My scanner, I got my police scanner upstairs, okay? I So I, I really put my whole office together. I got my police scanner right back underneath my one of my monitors. It was just really cozy. I said, I can't wait to get all some good frequencies in here again. But let me listen to some of my old scans. So I put it into scan mode, and it's going through what was local EMS, fire, police. This thing is a ghost town. Wow. Nobody's using radio anymore. And I got in touch with a couple of my friends in the police force. I said, hey, uh, what the hell's going on here? Are you guys, are you guys off the old uh, frequencies or something like that? It's like it's a ghost town out there. I like listening to the chatter at night. And he said, uh, it's more than a few of them said, no, a lot of this stuff has been consolidated hmm. into digital frequencies that perhaps you can get the frequency onto your scanner, but they're digitally encrypted now, too. So it's like there's interesting. It's less and less just, you know, pick up your radio and go. <clears throat> it's uh, yeah. I don't know. That's nutty. Anywho. Uh, let me take one more call before we go to break. Uh, Mr. Moriarty, welcome to the show. What's on your mind before break? Hey, Frank. Yes, uh, the earbud things. I, I refused to wear them. I had a, a job a 
couple of years ago, and I refused to wear them, and I think that's why I got fired. I, I don't trust them either. It's, it's EMF signals going right to your brain, and it's not good. Well, what do you think about everything else in, in, in general, just the concept of new technologies that are consumer grade that are really there to benefit either you know the 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 manufacturers and whoever the hell else is standing behind the manufacturers with the 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 overall vision for the future because it is true it's one thing if the televisions that we're buying are futuristic and reliable but they're futuristic and they're shit Uh, i i mean (laughs) they're bad everything is just so bad out there right now what do you th- what do you think about just the overall dependence on this stuff but also the the the, the downturn in quality well i i think you may be able to trace a lot of that back especially with the iphone and any apple product to when steve jobs died because he was always saying no 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 it has to make a beep you press the button it he was always he wanted things to be easy to use and he was going it from the users, and he always had to like, no, 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 you have to do this. And when he left the company for a while, it went down the hill, and he came back and he said, no, let's do this, people want this. Things came free on your Mac, like Garage, uh, garage Band and things like this. Um, not anymore. I got yeah, you there, well, okay. Well, Truth Quest, thank you so much for the call, Aaron. Thank you, Frank. Right. Great show. Thank you, as always. You're the man. Oh, one last thing before we go to break. Here it is. Take a look at this. This is a couple of, this a couple of days I ago. I saw this, yeah. Actually, this was posted yesterday, but I saw it trending all over the place. iPhone 12 sales banned in France over radiation level. Why Apple users shouldn't freak out. Well, of course not. Don't no, don't freak, freak out. Don't I freak mean, out. listen. This, but <laughs> we're, you remember, like, Matt, the, don't freak out. Do you remember the first generation <laughs> iPhones? They, they, were giving, they were giving teenage girls breast cancer because there was a time where uh, women were, were stuffing their phones into their bras just to, like a, as almost like a you know careless little way to hold it up for a little bit but that that contact that radiological contact mm-hmm. between the device and the skin it was causing tumors in people at least it happened for i remember that story yeah and um so it makes me wonder about testicular cancer and everybody's getting their their phones and their fucking pants I i'm keep gonna my start phone w- on my lap all day at work dude i'm gonna start wearing lead underwear i've got a i got emf clothing that that can protect you seriously they make Shirts, pants, blankets, what about, boxer, a, boxer briefs. Do you have EMF? <laughs> oh, yeah. Give yeah. me the boxer briefs. Yeah, yeah. Seriously. I want to protect my nuts. Yes. You got to protect them. Matt, Come on, Matt. Matt, w- would you wear an EMF protecting jock strap? Yeah. Anything else? I keep my phone <laughs> on, my, on my lap at work. Oh, Matt, we got to hook you up. Yes. Yeah, we got to. We Please. Oh, and do you know that now? Listen, do you have do you have it in a thong style? We'll talk. G, do you have do you have any? Yes, I, well, I want the G string. <laughs> the G string is even it's less. very demanding over there. Okay. Well, I don't want. I hate when lines show up in yeah, my well, pants. Yeah, well, who does? I mean, you know, you course. walk around with your sweatpants on. All of a sudden, people see the lines. <laughs> no lines. Look, Frank. No lines. No lines. <laughs> Can't see the lines. Can't, don't see the lines. Can you, Russ? Oh. Feel a bit nipply in here. <laughs> Did I say nipple? <laughs> oh, see, that's the other good thing about. I can't wait to watch Christmas Vacation yeah, on course. a cold December day. Of course, yeah. Actually, no, that'll start in November. I can't wait to watch Christmas Vacation yeah, that's again. A great one. All right, we'll be right back. Don't go anywhere. It's Friday night, and it feels that way too. What a wonderful evening. Don't go anywhere. It's intermission time, folks. Time out to press the like button. Thank you. 
Okay, yeah, no, we were going to have an entire testicle health night on here one night. Well, we did almost did that with testosterone. We yeah. did a couple of really good testosterone shows. Yeah. Um, what you told me is going to be provided by Yes Cacao uh-huh. at the health retreat. Mm-hmm. I did not know it was possible to make a his and hers chocolate. I did not either, but Justin, as always, goes above and beyond. Uh, is this a secret, or can you talk about what he did? Well, I don't know. I mean, so they're not available for the public yet because I don't think he's fully, uh, I don't think they're fully realized yet. Although he said the tasters really like them. And so we have like a white box prototype for the retreat. And uh, yeah, his and hers. And so that was the first question I asked him. What does a, what does a his and her chocolate mean? I had no idea. And so both of them have organ meats. They have liver and heart desiccated in them. But the his version has testicle cow testicle i believe so and the female version has if i remember correctly off the top of my head it's uterus fallopian tube and there was one other thing placenta no i can't remember damn it sorry justin but basically cow cow uterus i yeah yeah most of them are bovine wow and that's what most of the supplements the organ supplements you get are derived from 
I can do I can do liver. I don't know if I can eat cow balls. Well, I mean, it's chocolate. Right. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not asking you to eat cow balls. Yeah. Just Actually, just... at the retreat, there is going to be. Uh, trust me. Last year we did this and people ate things they, they actually didn't know about. Well, that was one of the funniest comments I got when at the end of the retreat we wrapped it up and just kind of talking about all the things you did. You tried this and you tried that. And some, some really cute woman was like, raised her hand. She was like, when did I eat tongue? You know, she had no, she had no idea. So, but that's a good thing because the chefs were so good that they made all of these amazing foods that you couldn't even tell you're eating it. So, oh man, I tried the chocolate. I tried the chocolate, and I, I, I couldn't tell. Wow. Okay. Well, I, the little, I, I it's, it's going to be an interesting week next yeah. week. Yeah. And I'm bringing my, I'm bringing my equipment up there, <sighs> so I don't know as far as, as, as far as live capability, but I'll definitely be pre, I'll definitely be recording things and uploading it to SoundCloud and all throughout the podcast, mm-hmm. so people will get audio podcasts from me while I'm on the road for those couple of days. Won't be long. It'll just be Thursday and Friday that I'm off to, uh, next week, but it'll be show related. So yeah. Um, what else was the other thing I was I was gonna say? Let's go to some super chats and things like that. Ovary. That was it. Ovary. Ovary was the other one. Ovaries and fallopian tubes. Yeah. And and uterus. And uterus. Yeah, yeah. My gosh. <laughs> Those chocolate men and women. <laughs> they are. They that are. lab must be so much fun. I know. <laughs> All right. Here's a here's a head, here's a call or a super chat from Stow's Tube, a very generous one, and I love him so much. Uh, Frank, just wanted to wish your wonderful Aurora a happy birthday after her birthday, a happy day after her birthday, and what a better way to do that than to support, quite frankly, especially on a Friday night chill session, not only with the Matt, but also the one and only Jay Gulanello in the house. <laughs> From my home state, right? Is is Stostube going to the retreat? I don't know. I don't Christos and Sarah, are they going? No. I'm surprised. Oh, he's Greek? Yeah. There'll be many more. I hope to find all of your audience at you know at the retreat at some point in in, in time. I can't wait. Yeah, no, it's it's going to be great. I can't wait to bring my whole family to it next year. Yeah. Uh, Jay Britt says, "Great show, Frank. If you cut wood for heat uh, and cooking, plowed and hoed gardens for food, along with fishing and hunting, walked to get places. Who would have time or even need gyms? Oh yeah. Oh yeah. You I mean, they're just mimicking what we used to do every day. Yeah. You know, for, yeah. I mean, think about it. Be, think about people who go to the gym and take the five pound sledgehammer and hit the tractor tire they 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 they're going to the gym to hit a tractor tire when it would usually just be i gotta go out there and chop wood yeah and um and your body just becomes hardened over time Mm -hmm. and i acknowledge it i have not done any of those things so i've had to build my body through those uh those supplemental means and that's that's it um the uh, gino says much love frank matt question for jay though i have a small spot my mother-in-law thinks maybe skin cancer she are you ready for this jay i guess so (laughs) we need to know exactly she turned me on to black topical salve 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 is that you say it yeah i think so uh salve to try and i uh do you know of this stuff is it good facebook group shows tumors apparently being drawn out nasty stuff is it rso is it rick simpson uh, rick simpson oil because i've seen skin I, I don't know. I can't say. Still, I have seen ama- amazing things happen, especially on, uh, on a topical le- uh, level for abscesses and other things. I've seen incredible things happen with the application of Rick Simpson oil. That's the the black ca- uh, cannabis extract. And also, 
I just got to say it. I don't talk about them a lot because I don't know how to plug them without it sounding like an infomercial because so much is proprietary. But I still keep Apex water um, in my house for anything, whether I'm feeling good or especially when I'm feeling bad. The Apex water on, quite frankly, TV, the affiliates page. If you ever wanted to look into that and talk to somebody about it, call them up. And talk to Victoria and, and get, I know a, a, a few of you are repeat customers there ever since Victoria Albright came on a couple of years ago. And I, But I just don't know how to keep bringing her back without it sounding like a sales pitch. And you know I want it to be just informational and amazing and um, either way. I always keep that in mind when it comes to topical stuff too, as well as internal. Um, it's just a just an opinion of mine. Stostube says, Frank, just wanted to wish your wonderful Aurora... Ha oh, that's it. Oh, that's it. You, that's a... Uh, I don't know much about the black salve. I'd have to look at it a little bit more. I'm just looking at one paper right now from the Journal of Dermatology, 2018. They said it could indiscriminately destroy healthy tissue as well, depending on the concentrations. But again, I'm just looking at one paper at the moment. So I just don't know a lot about it, but it, it sounds interesting, and I would like to... No more. It comes from a plant called the bloodroot plant. Ooh. So. That sounds like it's going to do something good. <laughs> um, here's another one from Wendy, from Wendy Waugh. Wendy says, Frank, I really enjoyed the deer scene stories this week. Keep my fingers crossed on the book drawing. Oh, that's why I forgot to say. I'm going to be doing the book drawing on Monday since we had Thursday off. I just wanted it to be a full week. So um, all the Super Chats that come in tonight on QuiteFranklySuperChat.com, they will be entered into the drawing, and we will count and tally those up and get all the names written down around noon on Monday. On Monday. So you still have a little bit of time. And Wendy, I wish you luck. I hope that whoever gets the book really, really wanted it. Um, all right, over on over on Rumble Rants. Let's see, what are people saying? Come on. Oh, man, I can't wait to do the upgrade on the computer tomorrow. This lagging is killing me. All right, here we go. Cat uh, Sky D says, One of two, I agree with Poopy about not asking for things when praying. I've gotten to where I only give thanks when I pray for everyone and everything in my life and for life itself. Yes, that is all I am teaching Aurora at this point, is praying to express gratitude. Mm. Um, that is something that changed for me over the last couple of years, especially last year when I started praying every day. And it was really about, I don't ask for things. I don't ask for things. I um, I don't ask for things. I, I'm I'm grateful for things, and when I feel very very happy, I pray. When I feel very very happy, I pray, yeah, because the, the the gratitude. And then the other thing there too is I start um, when it comes to things I want, in utilizing that law of attraction, that vibration that is you know powered by thought and 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 feeling and all that. I focus it through my prayers and I in a sense command the universe in the name of uh, of God to 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 bring me what I want bring me what I want I'm, I'm ready for it I, I just tell the universe in the name of God that I'm I'm ready for one thing or another or or, or I, I want to I want to be filled with you know inspiration you know guide me well th th I ask for guidance a lot and I'm also just very over-the-top grateful I try not to get very specific about things I want, just for just for for uh, emotions I'm chasing. You know, satisfaction. If you just want to be satisfied, then you're going to 
whatever the hell comes into your life that is going to support that feeling. If you get anything that supports that feeling, you're going to get things that you want, mm. right? So I always just look for things like that. Um, now, you know, asking for a bike doesn't do anything for me or anybody else. Uh, another thing. Kat, sure. Yeah, I know. Cat says, Cat <laughs> says, um, if someone is in dire situation, I'll thank God for giving them the strength and the guidance to make it through the situation one way or another. Yeah, I think we're on the same page. Uh, BP Farina. This might be my, my buddy, Ben. Ben says an ice cream for Aurora on us. Ben and the girls. Mm-hmm. Thank you. He's uh, Ben is a, a, a nice, good friend of mine, too. Um, brought together through all types of, all types of amazing, inexplicable, but very explicable things. All right. Let's see. Um... And on on uh, Foxhole, I want to get through these, and then we're going to go into some health-related things. Hold on a second. Tomorrow, Sean Joe, Porpoiseful, uh, Jesse eight one one three eight, Robert Sarns, Neo says info for the EMF guy you had on. That is EMFSOL.com. EMFSOL.com. That's right, Corey Hillis. Thank you so much, Neo, for that. Stostube says we tried to get tickets to the retreat months ago, but it was sold out. Congratulations to Jay. Yeah, so that's I I kind of forgot this thing, and and that's something I'm incredibly grateful for. Right in 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 a year, it's it's doubled in size, and so um, the goal is to do more of them. If people are still interested, and as as we add practitioners in there and and things to do, and and eventually I actually find a place that I can buy and own. We will definitely do more than one a year. So that's that's on the horizon if, if everything works out, hopefully by next year. So stay stay with me. I, I love the fact that people were looking, and I hate to turn anybody away, but I also want to keep it intimate. I want to be able to have that connection with everybody. You know, if there's 50 people there, I don't get to know all 50 people. So I want to intentionally keep them um, smaller. You know what you're going to be doing? You're going to be on on tour, not for most of the year, but you're going to be on a, a, a good portion of the year tour at some point where I can see you doing these health retreats in different regions of the country and maybe even different regions of the world where you're not only uh, doing talking about what the hell you know you're, you're, you're sourcing from local situations how people would eat seasonally too and regionally um, I can oh, see you doing that kind of shit. I would love to do that. We've already kind of thought about it just just our connections with people like the meat mafia who are down in Texas and so yeah we're We'll see. Yes, we will. All right. <laughs> uh, let's get into some things. First of all, let me ask you about this. Uh, Matt and Jay, I think you guys would both have a, an opinion on this one. Here's a headline from the Associated Press today, and it goes a little something like this. Psychedelic drug MDMA eases PTSD symptoms in a study that paves the way for possible U.S. approval. Now, in the last couple of, uh, in the last maybe 10 years or so at least, Jay, there has been a lot of talk, uh, a lot of legitimacy given to psilocybin. Um, now here's here's uh, you know ecstasy, um, and then you have ketamine is making uh, you know there's a lot of people talking about ketamine in very positive ways outside of what we all knew about special K growing mm. up. You're just taking bumps of this shit and it's driving you nuts. Uh, everybody's into the microdosing of these once illicit club drugs and other things. What do you think about the use of psychedelics for PTSD? 
Are you open to stuff like that? Yeah, and I mean, I don't have, this is not really my wheelhouse, but actually at the retreat, one of my good friends from high school, she's studying this right now, and she'll, she doesn't have a, anything devoted to that, but she'll be able to talk to everybody about this, and I would love, you know, at some point we should have her on to talk about this, but I don't have a ton of experience, but she's pretty convinced that this could be a very effective way to manage things while we're trying to do the other behavioral therapies that are going to help get somebody across the finish line. So mm. I think, yeah, and, and especially in light of the, the hardcore pharmaceutical drugs, they may have more side effects. So yeah, I don't know a lot about it, but I'm actually incredibly excited to learn from her as well. I don't know, if Matt, if you have any, any thoughts on that. but oh, I think ecstasy, maybe not, but like mushrooms. Because ecstasy is man-made, so it's not yeah, like yeah, yeah. the same type of what's right. going on. It's not the same as mushrooms. It's the same high, maybe. I don't know. I never did ecstasy, but I did mushrooms before. Psilocybin? Um, yeah. Yeah, that's what she talks about. Yeah, yeah so it's that's why, I mean, I don't think like that would probably help them in the short term, but probably fuck them up worse in the long run if they microdose with ecstasy. Mm. Well, I don't know. I, I didn't read too far to see if they were pairing them up. They're doing combinations of things. Mm. Um, but, but yeah, there's a lot. There's a lot of this going on. And this is the first time I've heard them, talk, heard them talking about ecstasy. Yeah, that's strange. Um, because it's been all psilocybin and recently ketamine and... Um, and yeah, I, I mean the the psilocybin microdose gummies of those are almost over the counter everywhere now. And from what I understand, it's 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 sort of helping to create new neuronal grooves. So you know the to, to help remove patterns. So if you have patterns of bad behavior or negative behavior, it's able to help shallow out those patterns and help you then by but then by virtue of doing new things so that sort of cognitive behavioral therapy aspect of it be able to generate new habits and help those become formative and and step. have you seen the documentary on netflix called fantastic uh, Fun- fungi fungi no so it's about the uh, main guy is like this doctor or scientist or whatever and he's all about mushrooms uh, psilocybin mushrooms for like extermination for medicine or whatever and he uh, said he took a big dose one night. He had a really bad stuttering problem. Like, he couldn't talk at all. Like, very wow. bad. And he took this this mushroom trip, and a storm was coming in, and he climbed up this tree. Like, he wasn't a mad. Like, he did that. He was tripping. And during the storm, he just kept screaming, I will not stutter anymore. I will not stutter anymore. And the next day, the stutter was gone. Wow. Yeah, same guy. He gave his mom turkey tail mushroom. Yeah. She had stage three breast cancer. He gave her a specific, like, regimen to follow. She's still alive right now. No cancer. You should watch it. I'm surprised you didn't. You'd like that. Yeah. Yeah. What's it called? Magic fungi? Fantastic fungi. Fantastic fungi, of course. Yeah. I'm, huh. it, where is that on Netflix? It's on one? Netflix. Yeah, it's definitely worth a watch. Um, yeah, like hmm. that guy cured his 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 starter with it with one heavy dose, and he still doses to this day. Hmm. He'll still like microdose and go on trips and stuff. He's a famous. He's pretty well known. He's he did a TED talk about it. Okay, is this the guy that goes on? He has uh, a nice beard. He has a uh, his hat is made out of mushrooms. He's been on Joe Rogan. Okay. He was on Joe Rogan. Oh, I think okay. he may have talked about Stone Ape Theory with Joe Rogan. Yes, I know who you're talking about now. Yeah, it's that face. documentary. It's a really good I documentary. Seen that, but I'll, I'll I'll check it out. I've been watching. 
I've been watching some some things with Lauren, like a uh, miniseries with Lauren uh, recently, and I, I want more to do because I, I can't watch The Office again. Does I he talk about Lion's Mane, too? And the yeah, he yeah. talks about okay. he gave it to his mother when she had stage three, but like the doctors were pretty much saying we can't do anything okay. and this and that, and then he just gave it, and, and that's I think that's what he got... Once with that, he got very passionate about it, yeah. and he started this company. And even like the pesticides they're making is all mushroom. It's he's wow. making like a lot of stuff with mushrooms there. Very cool. I'm gonna check that out. Maybe after I I, I finish watching this latest one that we started on uh, on uh, wrestlers. Yeah, well, it's, it's a it's a one part. It's not a show. It's actually a documentary. It's not like oh, good. a show. Good. So one Good. shot. And I, I watched the one shot documentary on Johnny Manziel last night. Oh, I saw that. I just didn't watch it. I actually watched. Uh, don't you guys watch Kingdom of Heaven? No, not the best movie, but it, it's pretty cool. It's about uh, King Baldwin. The wait, fourth. Wait a second. Is this the the um, the Crusades movie? Yeah, from two thousand and three. Okay. Yeah, oh. I, I I saw that back then. I haven't seen it in a long time Great though. Movie. Yeah, the Crusades. So one of the, yeah, I remember that. Um, the Leper King. Yeah, and I was watching. I also watched a documentary on on the American Gladiators last week. I watched. Wow, that, that yeah. was great. I watched. That. <laughs> I didn't finish it, but are they still alive? Some of them are. I think one of them <laughs> killed someone or something. They're in like some love triangle with another one of the yeah. female gladiators. Some one of them killed someone or something. I, I, didn't, I don't remember a death in there. Or I don't know. I remember something. laser. Laser was uh, you know beat the, the hell out of somebody. Let me introduce my team. <laughs> Blaze. <laughs> Laser. God, that show was everywhere. Blazer. <laughs> <laughs> it, it, it's really great. If you haven't uh, seen the American Gladiators uh, series, it's it's really good. Wow, yeah. I mean, just to see how it started. Yeah. I, was, I don't know. I was in second, third, fourth yeah. grade when it was out, so uh, you don't really get any much. But, damn, all, all they did was... I mean, it's just all juice up. They spiked juicing. up with the juice. Just juicing and having sex. That's all and they And then did. they would take it personal if a contestant would beat them, right? Like, they would get it, like, take it very personal. Oh, I can like, see that. Like, and try and actually hurt the I contestant. I can see that. Yep, I can see that. Yeah. That well, was one of the way less rules for sort of reality television. That's where less, men were men. Less scripted. Yeah, yeah. When men were men <laughs> in their red, white, and blue tights. tights. <laughs> he was smashing into with pugil sticks. <laughs> Okay, uh, let's see here. Okay, here's another one I wanted to bring up, and then we're going to go to... I want to get to calls as quick as possible and also other questions that come in. But, Jay, this was recently <laughs> written up by theexamination.org, and I, I know that a few people... It's been talked about all over the place by, uh, by some pretty big people inside of the fitness community mm -hmm. and health community. September 13th, 2023, here's the headline. The food industry pays influencer dietitians to shape your eating habits. I'm going to read the first couple of paragraphs yeah. and then you take over. Um, let's see here. As the World Health Organization raised questions this summer about the risks of popular artificial sweetener, that's aspartame, a new hashtag began spreading on social media account of health professionals quote, safety of aspartame. That's the, uh, the hashtag. 
Mm-hmm. Steph Grasso, a registered dietitian from Oakton, Virginia, used the hashtag and told her 2.2 million followers on TikTok that the WHO warnings about artificial sweeteners were clickbait based on low-quality science. Another dietitian, Kara Harbstreet of Kansas City, reassured her Instagram followers not to worry about fear-mongering headlines about aspartame because, quote, the evidence doesn't suggest there's a reason for concern, end quote. A third video, Mary Ellen Phipps, a Houston area dietitian who specializes in diabetes care sipped from a glass of soda and told her instagram viewers that artificial sweeteners quote satisfy the desire for her sweetness without affecting blood sugar or insulin levels what these dietitians didn't make clear was that they were paid to post the videos by american beverage a trade and lobbying group representing coca-cola pepsico and other companies In all, at least 35 posts from a dozen health professionals were part of the coordinated campaign by American Beverage. The trade group paid an undisclosed amount to 10 registered dietitians, as well as a physician and a fitness influencer, to use their social media accounts to help blunt the WHO's claim that aspartame, a mainstay of Diet Coke and other sodas, is ineffective for weight loss and possibly carcinogenic. Mm -hmm. Now, um... Forget the fact that this, uh, we've long since known that studies have shown that people who are drinking um, diet sodas uh, over just the regular brand are gaining more weight. Mm. But go ahead, because this is something that this doesn't surprise me at all. No, and it's not It's not even, it's not groundbreaking. It's just nice to see it. I think that was it also in the Washington Post. There was some, some, there was some Washington Post connection there, but... But, I, you know, a lot of people messaged me about this, and I said, well, listen, the Dietary Guidelines Committee in 2020 had 19 of 20 members conflicted with food or pharmaceutical companies. So the fact that now these sort of levers of power are looking at, well, where else can we influence? If we, if we influence policy level, let's take a look at influencers online. And so these are, you know, physicians and dietitians and just fitness influencers all around. Um, all of those three dietitians that you named uh, – Two of them didn't respond to the phone call, and the other one declined to comment. So, so the first thing I think is, well, if you're so proud of your affiliations, you're really doing a, a you know, a, a poor job of defending yourself. And in fact, a friend of mine went to each of their websites. I had really no desire to go to their Instagram pages or TikTok or whatever, but apparently, all of them are doubling down. They're not like this. This piece that sort of exposed them. And let's face it, no one reads hashtags. If you put the hashtag "ad" or aspartame is safe, that doesn't tell me anything about your financial conflicts of interest. But apparently, apparently that was you know that was sufficient. Um, they also said that a spokesperson said that the campaign was warranted because get this, the U.S. Uh, uh, FDA and other health authorities have said that aspartame is safe, safe and disagreed with the World Health Organization. But wait a minute. On YouTube, you can't even put a video up if it disagrees with the World Health mm, Organization. I know. So, so, okay. So, again, where are we getting our information? I thought the World Health Organization was the pinnacle of everything they say is, is gospel when it comes to health. So that's just an interesting side note. But so, what bothers me, Frank, is that so many people, and I'll tell you a quick little story about a woman named, I love the fact that we're naming names because this just has to happen. Shana Spence is a dietitian in New York. She has a quarter, over a quarter of a million followers on Instagram. She eats pizza, french fries, and ice cream in her social media videos to illustrate that no food should be stigmatized. Spence works who works for the New York City of De- uh, Department of Health and Mental Hygiene. Of course. Describes herself as pro-processed foods. Ugh. 
So, I mean, this is what I'm saying, right? She, she's, and by the way, she's also been paid by a Japanese multinational food company to uh, assuade people about the concerns about MSG. And, you know, we could do a whole thing on just that. But see, if you understand history and you understand even how aspartame came to market in the first place, Donald Rumsfeld and all, the, the soap opera behind aspartame would drive you insane. I did a whole post on Instagram about it today. If people want to read a brief history of aspartame, just go to my Instagram page today's post because I knew once you said, hey, come I on also, the show, I, I oh, threw it up there because I wanted people to so read It's so toxic it. they can't even dump it in dumps, so they put it in the water. I know that it's in, – in water, it, it also – takes on other properties. I wasn't even aware of that part of being yeah, too toxic like to dump anywhere. When they I, make aluminum. That's what's I, left over. I don't know. I don't know about that. Shit. I don't know about that in particular, but I remember watching the the earlier videos from years ago of putting some, I don't know, sweet and low aspirin, whatever the hell. Nutrisweet, yeah. Nutrisweet, putting a little bit over here and then a cube of sugar next to it and releasing some ants. Yes. And, and watching the ants walk around the aspartame yes. to get to the sugar. Mm -hmm. Like, avoiding it like the plague. Yeah. There's just nothing there. Um, uh, yeah. Uh, so... So if you want to, I mean, I'll just, really quickly, I'll just give you, you know, if people are wondering about aspartame, I'll, I'll rattle off three quick things. Uh, a 2014 study in, in Redox Biology showed that scientific evidence concluded that aspartame is toxic to the body system, particularly in the brain, it, as it seems to increase few radicals and triggers apoptosis. That's programmed cell death. And so they concluded that aspartame consumption in the long term may affect the brain. Um, the third eye, the pineal gland, it, it turns it into a calcium. A cal I, yeah. So that's fluoride. A fluoride. That's what I was thinking of. That's fluoride. what you're thinking of. That, when you were talking about dumping, I was like, I think you might be yeah. thinking fluoride. Yeah. yeah. You're definitely thinking fluoride. And uh, uh, that's a whole other issue because that's in our drinking water. Yeah. <laughs> um, You've also got a 2020 paper in Nutrients that uh, showed that actually aspartame can disrupt a protein called Claudin-3, which is a protein that holds the tight junctions together in the gut. So mm. if you know what leaky gut is, aspartame huh. in cell culture can actually cause the gut barrier to break down. Can that also cause like hernias in the stomach as well too? If it's weakening the stomach lining or something like I, that? I haven't seen that, but what it can lead to, anytime you have a leaky gut, you can see autoimmune conditions stem from that. Because what happens is proteins and food particles get into the bloodstream without being fully broken down. They basically sneak through the cells. That sounds painful. Let me ask you, actually a follow-up on Matt's question right mm -hmm. there. Is hernia one of those things that is it is exclusively um, because of exertion, or can it happen? Can, can it just pop? Yeah, I mean, I think it also depends on just muscle mass um, in the abdominal region. So it's not. I mean, it can. It can happen. It can just pop. I mean, because you know, babies get um, get hernias. Yeah. Now, and you're not talking hiatal hernia. You're talking inguinal hernia. Yeah. 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 Okay. Um, um, oh, I, I love this one exchange over here. I don't know milk and honey nutrition. I saw this this screenshot that they put in this article that oh, we just yeah. read from a little <laughs> yeah. bit. Take a look at this. Someone in her in this, uh, milk and honey nutrition's comment section said yes. a genuine question. Your post says that this is an ad paid partnership with who? Diet Coke, aspartame, the FDA, the ADA, the WHO. I'm just curious. Milk and Honey actually just came out with it and just said that's a valid question. The American Beverage Association. Mm -hmm. So then somebody responded to that and says, "Whoa." <laughs> Thanks for that, but this really calls into doubt your information. I've been reading about the dangers of uh, phenylalanine. Phenylalanine, yeah. Phenylalanine, which uh, aspartame contains for decades. I thought we pretty much knew it was bad news, but I've 
thought your post seemed pretty reasonable and reliable. Until now, I'll be taking what you say with a grain of salt, since it is basically a paid advertisement. Yeah. So I'm glad. Uh, I, I'm glad. To, how many people take note of that, though? Look, man, I. My thing is this: if if you want to create transparency, you know, I think that doctors, as well as politicians, I think we all should have to look like NASCARs. You know, you should have to wear your sponsors proudly because this is this is why I get so much blowback from people because you've got people who will look at my account, which is not nearly as large as these people, and just by virtue of the numbers say, well, this person must have more clout because they have, a, you know, a quarter of a million followers, despite the fact that we know that bot accounts exist and Twitter is full of bot accounts that can artificially... Um, you know, boost certain voices. But this is the problem. This is why people say there's so much confusing information out there. And while I'll concede that there is, I'll also say, again, don't be an early adopter to foods. Don't run out there and be the first person to try something that man invented. And again, if you study the history of aspartame and understand that it took Donald Rumsfeld, who was the CEO of the company who created it and held the patent, it took him until he became part of the presidential transition team to replace the FDA director, install him into a position of power, overrule his advisory board to approve aspartame, then was fired for impropriety or resigned for impropriety, and then was rewarded for his resignation by being put on a PR firm that represented Searle, the company who held the patent on aspartame. Mm. That's just the, the Reader's Digest version of how aspartame got to market. And the reason that the researchers pulled the original approval is because they couldn't prove that it didn't cause brain tumors in rats. Uh, see? They couldn't prove. So this is what people will say. The last thing I want to say on this is that if animal research is not fully, you cannot extrapolate that to humans, definitely. I absolutely agree with that. But why do we do animal research? To determine if there is some mechanism of action that could be detrimental in humans. We don't find bad things, like most of the lab animals dying, and then say, oh, well, that's not human, so it's perfectly fine. No, we withhold the approval and we continue to experiment. If you're waiting for the experiment that proves aspartame kills humans, it's never going to happen. It's not going to get approved by an IRB board. So that research is never going to come, which is why all these influencers can say, there's no conclusive evidence. So you can decide you want to line up behind the people who are paid to tell you aspartame is safe, or you can study the history, look at the actual research out there, and say, you know what? I'm going to take the precautionary principle because this is my life we're talking about. You see, this is and, and this is this is just explains so much, even outside of this one particular issue. Does. This explains the so-called career of the Krasensteins. <laughs> totally does. I'm sorry, they're always on the mind. <laughs> they are. There, I know, you know. I know. I know. Uh, you're rent free, as they say, <laughs> just but, the way they plan. Yeah, but uh, but that's just really it. And and then everybody else who has a, a shred of integrity and dignity that wants to go out there and say no, uh, there just seems to be this really heavy hand that keeps it all su sufficiently suppressed. You know, there's always going to be somebody that's that's dissenting, has a dissenting opinion, but man, oh boy. The last time I checked, just to, just to give you an idea about that, because, you know, I mean, my account is over 16,000 people, but when I post things like that on Aspartame, I'm just looking at the metrics right now, it reached 48 non-followers. 48 people that don't follow me. That's it. And sometimes I can reach, with a post that's sort of less controversial, tens of thousands. Really? So I know exactly when the algorithm is suppressing information I'm putting out there and when it's not. It's just very, it's so easy to see. The numbers are, are night and day orders of magnitude different. 
So. Jeez. Oh, uh, well, uh, oh, that's why I do Substack now. <laughs> well, I, I have your Substack in yeah. the. I have your Substack in the uh, episode description, so hopefully check that out. And, that's where to go. And, yeah. and that's another reason why FDA, FTC, this is just. They don't know. I, I understand the reason why we would like to have some kind of an independent governing agency that wants to maintain quality of all things. But it's just the more people congregate, the more this is what you get. Exactly. This is why it has to be all kind of government, administration, anything like that needs to be limited. It's just you're working against humankind. Mm -hmm. That's just what it is. Humans uh, conspire. They always have and they always will. And they do not care who gets hurt along the way. Right. You know, I mean, if somebody makes a bad product or if they they cook something that's bad and they bring it to market, I mean, and they and they kill somebody with it, A, they're, they're liable for one thing or another if, if there's some real, um, you know, I don't know, if there's some real malpractice or, or, or malintent in there. But on top of that, they've also uh, have their reputation destroyed. Yeah. You know that's where that's that's a little bit of a regulating a agency right there. If you are a if you're a provider of beef, if you're a, a beef provider and you you you're shipping all over the country and people are just dropping like flies, that's not going to remain a secret. Right. And you're out of business. You're out of business forever. Who knows what kind of class action lawsuits there are? And I mean, so th there are ways for us to maintain quality and localized levels. And to share information and to keep people's best interests in mind without creating gigantic, gargantuan government agencies right. that obviously have other interests in mind. Yeah, I agree with you. I wish, I wish, I wish in a perfect world we could have these agencies that were public health focused. But as you said, as the more people that seem to congregate, the more likely we are to see these kinds of things happen. It happens over and over again. And I know we're not on YouTube, right? No. Right. So, I mean, when you hear something like that about the FDA, they even tried to do the right thing back then, but then all that had to happen was a new a presidential transition team come in, Go on. wipe out that guy, put in the guy they want, and then reward him after the fact. And, and this is just how it happens. And so really, when, you, so and when you hear about the new things that are coming out in the fall for anybody six months and older, just keep that story in mind. Right. Yeah. And, and not only that, but uh, yeah, transitions between presidents that may affect some things more than others, mm -hmm. like whether or not you're going to you're going to veto the, 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 the international aid for you know abortions in Africa. I mean, th that can go away and then come back four years later but as far as the FDA goes as far as the the pharmaceutical companies and everything else there those are one of those evergreen bureaucracies yeah. that uh, you're not going to get very big shakeups at the FDA no. you're not going to get very big shakeups at the Fed uh, you're not going to get very big shakeups uh, anywhere like that I for example dr. fauci he was in his position for 40-something years. Yeah. I mean, how many Republican and Democrat presidents has he had he worked under? Did it really matter? And he's, and he's a failure. Autoimmune diseases and those types of diseases increased under his watch. He's a failure. He failed up. Well, it, he's, <laughs> he's a failure. He's a failure if you are judging, <laughs> judging whether or not his intent is to go out there and to serve mankind. Touche. You know that's that, that's the other thing we 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 have to continue to remind ourselves to assess the situation from a criminal standpoint. Yeah. You know we we actually have a vested interest in mankind having some kind of an increased quality in of its existence. They yeah. don't. 
Uh, they want to increase the quality of their existence. Mm-hmm. Um, here's one from Car Guys New Eng- England. Says, hey, Frank, just wanted to drop a quick note here. My wife, Shayla, and I have been watching the show for a few years now. Keep up the great work, my friend. We always enjoy when you have Jay on as a guest. I got to say, thank you both of you out there in New mm-hmm. England. But shows like this tonight with you, me, and Matt, and we're just kind of flowing from one thing to the next and it's a Friday night where this feels so cozy. Yeah. This is that 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 zone either this or talking about something spooky as shit. <laughs> I'll come back in October we'll do it again. Yeah, dude. I, <laughs> no, this had a good flow uh, here tonight. Yeah. What uh, night is Halloween, Halloween on this podcast. year? Is Halloween on a Friday? Oh no, Halloween is going to be on a Monday oh, or Tuesday night. That's the worst. I know it's a it's on a Monday night this year. No, I it's think. a Tuesday. You're right. Tuesday? Tuesday. Yep. I have a pretty good guest on. Okay. If you want to, uh, 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 Doctor Albert Taylor. He's a he's the soul traveler. The, all uh, nearby. Oh, you've near. had him on before, right? Yes, but he's yeah. going to be talking about not only some follow up questions about out of body experiences, but also into his paranormal investigations. Oh, wow. So if you want to sit in on that, uh, I got I got he'll, he'll field questions from all of us. That'd be a lot of fun. Um, it's Halloween. You, you know, call up, put a little, uh, put a little, you know, mustache on. Oh. Put a little a tiny mustache on. Oh, tiny mustache man. Tiny mustache man. <laughs> I, I'll, I'll be. I'll be. I'll be him. I'll be him. I'll. I'll be. I'll be him. Okay. I won't break character all night. <laughs> Don't. Matt, yeah, I, I, I saw that arm starting to go up. <laughs> <laughs> Matt, keep the arm down. Keep the arm down, Matt. We should go as a duo, Matt. We should we should get together and figure it out. We should go as like a team. You'll be him, love. You can be oh, him, love. Oh, okay. okay, that's fine. And yeah, I'll be Goebbels. <laughs> final solution. <laughs> uh, that's yeah. That, that would that, that would be it. I would be taken off of multiple <laughs> platforms forever. All at once. All at once. Rip the bandaid off. You know, a little. We have a great idea for Halloween show. <laughs> we're going to be the entire Third Reich. <laughs> But what if we were dead, though? Oh. What if we dressed up and like they were, oh. we're dead, like the Hitler, Hitler shot in the head? Oh. oh, I see. If we were dead zombies, I can always yeah. find a loophole around things. True. Yes. If we were dead zombies, you could say we're uh, celebrating uh, dead, their dead death. Nazis. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yes, we're dead. We're dead Nazis. Okay. Yeah, that would go. That'd be fine. All right. So here is a call. Here's a uh, Jay Semo says, "Ah, excellent show. Happy birthday to Aurora." Well, thank you for that, Jay. Um, Jay Samuel says, I'm depressed because the sheeple outnumber us. <laughs> well, um, listen, uh, you always got to remember, do we just have to, I don't know, take care of yourself? Yeah. Because the, most of the sheeple aren't going to be taking care of themselves by uh, by merit that they are, they think most good information is bad information. Mm-hmm. Dixie Six says, how do you feel about Stevia, Jay? Oh, man. It's a great question. I have... Neutral feelings right now. So, meaning that I haven't researched it enough, researched it enough to say n- no. So I don't avoid it, but I prefer things like monk fruit and allulose over stevia. I have to take the time to do the research on stevia because a lot of people ask about it. So, long story short, if you're going to buy stevia, just make sure it's not cut with anything else like maltodextrin or anything, and it's just organic stevia. But I'll get back to you on that because it's on the list, the short list of things I got to look up. Yeah. The other thing that we have to do, and I'll make sure that Lindsay Sharman listens in because she did the book club with me with uh, The Devil in the White City. I sent you a menu that some of these big wig, greatest architects in the world had as a private lunch menu. Mm -hmm. I want to know. It's an incredible menu. We'll break it down. It looks like it would kill 
ba- <laughs> elephants. So I, I want to know all about it. A lot um, of wine and cheese on it. Yeah, but we'll we'll we'll, we'll go through it. Yeah. Al- Alan Wrench says another great show. Thanks. Thank you so much, Alan. In fact, I'm going to be releasing the scratching right now, and uh, and oh, and one thing over here, seventy three. This is from Abe right now on QuiteFrankly.tv. Sure that um, for the weekend roundup, seventy-three of the best videos from the internet and more on the weekend roundup that comes right on after this show ends on QuiteFrankly.tv. Go and join the Franklies over there. I will be jumping in and out of that uh, of that uh, that chat room as I normally do. I may even do a test stream tonight from home. You don't know if it'll happen. If that happens, I'll coordinate with Abe. But 73 of the best videos on the internet. You go check that out, and um, the weekend programming is always very nice and chill. Uh, Thank you to Dawn in Ohio's happy belated birthday to Aurora. I love you for that, Dawn. Thank you. And I really do. Thank you so much. I have one over here from Katie Sky. It's uh, I think we have enough time for this. Let's see. And I don't have anything else submitted, so let's go for it. She said, hi, Frank. I got some results back today, and I thought maybe it's something you might be interested in talking to Jay about. Not mine in particular, but just in general. So I'm a heavy meat eater. Last year when I was pretty much carnivore, I had no detectable TSH. That's hyperthyroid. Uh, This year, I still eat over a pound of meat a day, but I also include carbs. Not high carbs, but not keto either. And my TSH is now within normal range. Anyway, uh, now my results show possible kidney issues and high cholesterol. Mm. Uh, it's, It's pretty well known that high cholesterol on a high fat meat diet is normal and nothing to worry about. But what about the high creatine and low EGFR levels? That's kidney function measures. From what I've read, it's actually normal for someone on carnivore or high protein diet to show these kinds of results. But is it really? How can one really know? Yeah, that's a great question. I mean... It's nice to know that TSH has sort of leveled out. Um, cholesterol, you're totally right. I think the cholesterol paradigm has to fall, and it has to well, it has to change. It's uh, it's more about the ratios, which tend to improve when you're limiting refined carbohydrates and you're eating healthy fats. Um, the research doesn't show that high protein diets cause any kidney damage. The research does show that any pre existing kidney damage can become more complicated if you're eating really high protein. But it doesn't sound like that's the case here because kidney function before, I think she said it was normal. Um, right. You know, so some of the things I think of are it's one it's one blood test, lots of things like infection, you know, low-grade infection, something that she might not even have had symptomology but could have been happening. That could be something. Um, I would say always... Check again in six months, and then let's start looking at the trajectory and see where that goes. Because I, I agree. I, I think, I mean, the more protein, the more protein breakdown products you're going to you're gonna have uh, measured in urine and in blood. Um, but I wouldn't necessarily worry about it. Um, I would want to look at other things like inflammatory markers like C-reactive protein, um, blood sugar markers, uh, liver enzymes, you know, these kinds of things, um, just to put the whole thing in, into a, a better picture. So yeah, I wouldn't, I wouldn't, you know, I wouldn't really worry, especially because it seems like some of the things are actually shifting in a positive direction. Well, there you go, uh, and we'll see. I, I mean, I, my six month is almost uh, passed. I, sometime in October, I I have to go and get a little more blood taken. Okay. I don't hit Matt. Matt, it's I know. 
Listen, I don't like the sound of it, but the last one was actually really smooth. The, the last blood draw was really smooth. We can do a math. I had my, my pillow under my knees oh. from Mike Lindell's. I, I, I'm, a, I'm not sponsored by them. At least Mike Lindell wasn't under your knees. All right. <laughs> Did you see Mike Lindell flip out on the... I heard about that. I didn't see it. Was it good? Yeah. Oh, yeah. He's yeah. You don't want to piss Mike Lindell <laughs> no, off. No, he's a he, you know, he, he, former crack addict. <laughs> he's got the crackhead strength. He's got crackhead strength. <laughs> don't want to screw. I just released all of the. Uh, I just released all of the lemons and the the treasure chest. Everybody on D Live. I'm always trying to stay up on that because there's more people watching there on D Live, especially now that Theta's going away and um, you know weeks like this when YouTube are gone. So I'd love to encourage you all, if you got lemons to give, we'd love to throw that into the mix to help support the network and, um, and yeah. All right. So, uh, I think we covered everything that I wanted to cover. I'm that there's nothing really much to say about the, the health retreat next week. We will have a good time there. We'll have plenty of things to be, to bring back. I'll have some uploads from the road. And then when you come back next time, Jay, we'll be able to talk about all the great stuff that happened. I would love that, and then and then we'll 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 convince Matt to come next year. I think he should. Yeah, I think everybody well. should. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Eat, eat, you just a couple of days of just eating cool stuff and doing cool stuff. Yeah. Uh, right. Would you do a cold plunge? Would you put yourself into the cold uh, ice? I'd probably have a heart attack. I, no. I, 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 Jay, I honestly don't know <laughs> if, if I can. If do I it. do it right away, I would probably have a heart. I attack. I want to tell you something, Jay. I honestly don't know if I could do it, <laughs> Frank. <laughs> Every person at the retreat last year said the exact same thing. There's something about when the group is together doing it. Now, there's a chance. I'm not sure if this is going to work or not, but the mill, one of the locations is right by a, a river. So we might actually do like a real river plunge. We'll see. But we also have the ice baths as well. So there's something different about other people around you. Not everybody was able to do it for a long period of time. Some people just got in, you know, for like 10, 15 seconds and got out, but, but, but they did it. And I'm telling you, if you if it, if you're coached right, and we have and we have someone who's who's going to do that, she's going to coach you through it, the breathing, and just the fact that you're around other people, you kind of don't want to wuss out. I'm telling you, it's a combination of all those things. For some reason, I think if I did that, my balls would probably bother me the rest of the day <laughs> or for a couple you days. You feel after amazing that. after. You feel amazing, Matt. Can I just put my balls in a scuba suit? You can do that on your own. <laughs> On your own time. <laughs> I'm very sad about this, Jay. I no. wish it was everything but the cold plunge. Don't be sad. Think about how you're going to... Okay, think about when it's done. You're going to walk away having done all of these brand new experiences. Don't you want to be able to walk away saying that you did that? Uh, I guess, yeah. Yeah. No, well, I mean, everybody else does it. If little old ladies are going to do it, I'm going to be really... They did it. So, I'm fine. <laughs> so, whatever. Whatever, Jay. <laughs> I'm all about peer pressure in case anybody didn't realize. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Well, there you, there you have it. Thank you, Jay Semo says, I'll donate to a plunge. Oh. Now, this is not good. No, this is oh, not Oh, this, this could work. This is not going to be televised. This, this is not work. going to be pictured or anything Let like that. think about that. Okay, listen. I'll put you to this You're one. You're going to have to set up some secret cameras around no, 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 no. the thing. If, if, if everything goes well this year, I promise you, next year, I will live stream the plunge. Okay. Okay. It's fair. But I'm. But but there, there's not going to be any. I'm going to be working through something here. I don't want to be. Ex, you know. You are. You are going to be working. Exposed to everybody. And, and, yes. And and I'll tell you, man. It's it's a. It's not just a physical experience. It's a it's a mental and emotional experience too. Okay. 
I can't wait to come back and tell everybody about how this went. Anything, gets, anything that gets me closer to God, I'll do. Uh, it might. Uh, Not permanently. Plenty of things that get you closer to God <laughs> that I guarantee you you won't do, bro. <laughs> Oh my God! Okay, well, let, let, thank you everybody so much. I am going to. Uh, I'll see you on the after show on QuiteFrankly.tv for the weekend roundup. The one thing I would say, in the week over the weekend, ladies and gentlemen, as we prepare for another wonderful week together on starting on Monday with Matt Christensen on the show, is to become a sponsor of this show. If you love what we do every night from seven to nine, and if you appreciate the work that work that goes into it, the love that is poured into this. And what I'm pouring into developing off-site locations like the home studio and everything we're trying to do, that we will do, consider becoming even a small monthly sponsor on quitefrankly.tv. There's a sponsor us section. You can be on for as little as $2 a month, and that gets you a ton of universal perks. You're going to get... Uh, priority messaging or emailing with me. You get a Twitter follow back. You've, you get uh, all the links to the, the extra content, whether it be book club that starts up again in October with Jay Dyer. We're going to be reading Mario Puzo's The Godfather. The Sunday streams every Sunday morning to afternoon, wherever it is in there, depending on what's going on in my life. We get together for a little bit on Sunday and have a good time. And there's going to be so much more now that this home studio is opening up. Take the plunge. It's not as cold as the one I'm going to be doing this time next week. Nowhere near. Become a sponsor. <laughs> I will. I will. The, the the love that will radiate between all of us. It just keeps raising this show up. Mm. It's a sponsorship of love. Thank you so much, and I will see you guys on Monday. Jay, Matt, thanks for chilling with me. Yeah, Thank man. You, Thank you. All right. Good night. I'll catch you on the flip side. Quite frankly, is film before a live studio audience. And now, our super chatters. Starting with... Going to the top of this all, I'm... I'm sorry. Everybody on the Rumble Rants, I love you guys and gals. Rumble needs to set those aside and categorize them properly. Thank you to Car Guys New England, Gino, Stostube, Jay Brits, and, um, and many more. Thank you to everybody on Theta and on DLive. And on Twitch, and on Rumble, Rockfin, we're going to see you on Monday. But first, go to quitefrankly.tv, powered by Foxhole, and hang out for the rest of the weekend. Nighty night. turkey in this house, huh? What? I bust my ass all day long. When I come home, I want a little smoked turkey. Is that too fucking much to ask? What the fuck is your problem? Everything but fucking turkey in here.